Welcome to the Mindful Divine Podcast with your host, Shayna Bianchi. As a certified Reiki energy worker, a hypnosis therapist, author, and motivational speaker, I like to consider myself a mindful healer. I designed this podcast to give you a method to manifesting in order to transform your life and welcome the things you not only want, but deserve. Whether you're into alternative wellness or simply want to learn to be more mindful in your daily routine, I will equip you with tools, practices, and spiritual wisdom to align with your dream life. I'm here to remind you that there is more light within, and the power to beginning your inner journey starts right now. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Mindful Divine. I am your host, Shayna Bianchi, and I am so happy to welcome you all back to season two of this lovely little show. If you're new to the show, Mindful Divine is filled with actionable tips and insight into alternative wellness as a whole, encouraging you to be more mindful in your daily routines. My goal is to equip you with tools, practices, manifestation exercises, and spiritual wisdom to align with your dream life in an effort to live in flow and help inspire that divine light within. This season, you can expect a handful of very exciting shows with some super special guests. That's right. You will be hearing from spiritual thought leaders from across the globe to elevate the conversation, and we will be posting the live video recordings of the episode on our YouTube channel, so be sure to check the episode notes for that. And speaking of thought leaders, I would like to introduce you today to our amazing guest, Angela Sinnott, founder of Magnolia Wellness, master of traditional oriental medicine, a phenomenal acupuncturist, herbalist, and health bioenergetics practitioner. She spent over a decade as an energetic healer, acupuncturist, and herbalist, and then in 2018, she founded Magnolia Wellness in Orange County to create a space where dynamic healers could provide progressive services and conscious uplifting events. Having always been passionate about the healing arts and making the journey Angela says that she cultivates her treatments with love and understanding, illuminating the beautiful place where the depths of the soul meet the physical body, which I find to be wildly profound. And when she's not doing cartwheels with her three beautiful daughters, she can be found seeking the wonderment of life and posting amazing and informative videos on YouTube, which I love following along with. Today, I have the lovely pleasure of recording Safely Distanced, of course, inside of Angela's gorgeous wellness studio here in Newport Beach, and I'm thrilled to be chatting with such a beautiful human inside and out. So please join me in welcoming Angela Sennett. Angela, hi. Thank you for being here. Hi, Shani. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh. such a joy and a pleasure. I'm so honored. I truly am so excited to be chatting with you. So I know that your bread and butter is really focused on acupuncture, herbalism, and bioenergenetics, but before we get into all of that, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? So I am an acupuncturist and herbalist, an energy medicine practitioner with probably about a decade uh, or a bit more experience (laughs) by now. I have three kiddos at home, all beautiful baby girls and um, a very supportive husband. We opened up Magnolia Wellness here as an opportunity to really bring a lot of what we were seeing in Los Angeles down to Orange County. So 
the events and sort of the community and trying to find people who were like-minded was a little bit harder to dig through in Orange County. And I think that this was an opportunity to understand how we could all kind of come together. And I, um, I didn't know how it was going to go, didn't know how I was going to pay for it, but it all was this beautiful divine gift that I think just evolved to be exactly what it was supposed to be. Mm. I had this message that I, um, could either hop on the train and open this space to help other women specifically, or I could be dragged behind it. And so, <laughs> so I you jumped on the train. I surrendered to the process. <laughs> I don't know if I would say jumped on the train. I surrendered and it all fell in my lap. Wow. The money, the people, the practitioners, it was pretty, pretty awesome. It's so amazing. I mean, you talked about that moment when you kind of had that message that came to you. How do you, I mean, we talk a lot here on the show about, um, you know, listening to your higher self and your higher power, listening to, you know, spirit guides, the universe, God, whatever you call it. I mean, how do those, I know we talked a little bit about it earlier, but how did those messages come through for you personally? For me, it's like a voice in my head. I almost felt like I was schizophrenic in the beginning Mm -hmm. and it just tells me in any given moment, like a guidance counselor, what to be doing. Park in this parking spot. Change lanes right now. Avoid this um, this errand this evening. Last night was a perfect example. Mm. I needed to go get a cell phone, and I knew that I shouldn't. I was driving home from L.A. after having an energetic healing um, session, and I didn't want to pick up my cell phone, and my husband had gone out of his way to locate and source it for me because he had shattered mine, so he felt really <laughs> bad, and it was I don't know. It was like a typical LA experience where I went from the 605 to the 91 to the 51 to the, and I got there and nothing worked. The phone didn't work. They had deactivated my current phone. I didn't know how I was going to get home. I didn't know who, and I just was like, okay, it's fine. I'm just going to surrender to this process. And the voice in my head was just like, just backtrack the way you came and trust that. And I think that's the voice that I've started to really listen to more frequently as I've gotten older and wiser is just trusting it Mm -hmm. and knowing that that is always going to lead me to the best place. And if I question it or I do the things I'm not supposed to do, I'm going to make my life more difficult. So I better just throw down. Totally. And I think we forget that so often. We try to control everything inherently, just as humans. We try to decide, okay, I've decided I'm picking up my phone. I'm going here. I'm doing this. And I think we also tend to shut off that voice in our head or dismiss it a lot. I know I've done that at different points in my life. Sometimes I've shut it off. Sometimes I've really listened to it. And and sometimes it's truly saved my life. I, I will never forget, I was driving once, I think I was coming back from Palm Springs and from Palm Springs to LA. And there was this car, this red car to the right of me. And that voice in my head was truly like screaming, Get stay away. away from this car. And I, don't, I didn't know why. I kept, so I would move a lane. It would kind of get closer to me. I'd move back to it. Anyways, about 15 minutes later, the car, it, the red car ended up in front of me and hit the car next to it. Those two cars hit the car to the right. They spiraled. They spun. I had to slam on my brakes. They hit the divider. I mean, thank goodness everybody was safe and fine, but I was literally inches from hitting them and had I been the one that was next to that car and if I wouldn't have listened to that voice I mean it could be your life you know and it's just so interesting and amazing to remember that we have little helpers guiding us if we listen we you know we do and almost an opportunity to say thank you to those little guides Mm -hmm. because then that brings in more of the guidance yeah more of the appreciation brings more of the beautiful guidance yeah I couldn't agree more Mm -hmm. so um I know here I mean your wellness studio is gorgeous if you all are listening please please book a session here it's like the most gorgeous zen (laughs) space ever but um 
I know you do a lot of uh, acupuncture. Tell me a little bit more. I'm I've gotten into acupuncture in the last few years for, um, you know, fertility, for for anxiety, for other things. But tell me a little bit more about like acupuncture as a whole and what it does. So acupuncture is a really old medicine, and it uses these fine sterile needles inserted into acupuncture points or energetic vortexes that essentially open up the flow of the body. So it's similar to the cardiovascular system, and when your blood runs through your veins, you get circulation to the periphery. The same goes with the meridians. If you open up a blockage or essentially a dam in your energetic flow, you allow the body to nourish and flourish. And oftentimes that resets the balance, it resets the nervous system, it resets the hormones with very little effort. Mm -hmm. And it helps everyone who experiences it um, with a little bit less anxiety and a little bit less I think the word is just calm. It, mm. it brings a lot of balance to the body that most people really need when they just like turn on the reset button. Mm. How often would you say is like a healthy dosage or does it just really depend on how often people need the sessions and what they're coming to heal for? A huge part of it is lifestyle. So if you're somebody who goes out and you eat McDonald's and you have an extraordinarily stressful job and you're drinking caffeine and then you're taking sleeping pills at night, you're going to need a little bit more. Mm. If you're somebody who goes home and eats pretty healthy and tries really hard to manage your stress on your own with meditation and other practices, you'll need less. Having said that, if you're injured, acupuncture is best served when the treatments are close together because you want those treatments to start building upon the previous. Mm -hmm. And so we always recommend getting three treatments in to knock something out and then the rest from there is really an evaluation of maintenance or further healing interesting amazing yeah I think I mean there's something for me you know throughout my life of course as a you know younger and growing up with my family western medicine made a lot of sense Mm -hmm. as I got older I almost rebelled against western medicine and was only focused on eastern medicine and different modalities is there a balance and how do you think that acupuncture supports with with a a surgery if somebody has to get it or something like that you know it how does that how does that work hand in hand that's a great question and I always think that there's a balance one because you have to believe in something for it to really work for you and so if you're here because your husband or your wife is sending you, it's probably not going to be as effective for you. Mm-hmm. If you have a surgery and you're overcoming pain and you want some real rehabilitation factor, the acupuncture, statistically speaking, will improve your healing by about 30 to 35%. So it brings blood flow, it brings circulation, it connects the brain to the area of the body that you're trying to heal. So there is a tremendous amount of benefit incorporating that after a surgery. Acupuncture works on so many different areas of the body from depression to digestion to insomnia to fertility to pain that I really think it's one of the things everyone should consider. Obviously, it's not the first thing you should do if you get into a car accident and there is an absolute place for Western medicine and and Eastern medicine to work together, but I think it's most beautifully served when they're... um, blended. Mm, mm-hmm. I love that. And then how do, um, you know, when I was going through and, and even like understanding the different treatments that you do here, like talk to me about bioenergetics. Am yes. I even saying it right? Um, is that, does Reiki fall into that world or what is it? So energetic medicine is anytime you're working with the energetic fields of the body and mm-hmm. we have energetic fields both on and off the body. The chakras have energetic fields. There's energetic grids on the earth every single living organism has some sort of an energetic imprint. And so by working with 
the energetic imprint of the body. You can heal things at multiple levels. And whether that's the astral body, the emotional body, or the actual physical body, it works to put everything in alignment and balance. And there's so many times where someone has a physical issue, but they're not able to overcome it, and it keeps coming back. And that's when you really need to look outside of the physical body and understand, okay, what is the conversation you're having with your cells every day? Are you continuing to tell yourself that you're in pain on a very consistent basis? Is that what you're imprinting into your body? Is that why this keeps coming up? Or maybe with low back pain, I see oftentimes that there's very little uh, support in one's life. And so they tend to go, their back goes out because they're burning the candle at both ends or they don't have enough help. Mm. And so it's things like that that I think are really important because acupuncture serves as a way to get those needles in to open up a closet and oftentimes if you can't deal with something or if you can't process it you literally throw it over your back like oh I'll deal with that later when I'm not so overwhelmed Mm -hmm. so when acupuncture comes in and starts to open up these closets and release these things it's asking you to either revisit them or release them and you have the choice to do both Mm -hmm. and I think that's why it's such an effective medicine because it works on so many different levels at once interesting I also think it's fascinating that we choose to hold on to things it's almost like sometimes unintentionally we decide what we're manifesting for better or for worse mm-hmm. the the voice how you said the voice in your head what is that narrative that you're telling yourself over and over and over and what's sticking to you really and how do you kind of like clear the energetic blockages that may be going on I mean I um, did a Reiki session for a client earlier today via Zoom and was getting a ton of blockages um, from her ankles and so really had to like release and clear that out I also get like color downloads and Mm -hmm. so I do a lot of like color therapy when I work with my clients and um, and I was talking to her and why I felt like her ankles were really stopping her I was I was trying to explain like uh, it's almost as if your feet are stuck in cement because you're not moving forward. So it is interesting how you're saying, like if you're throwing something on your back, you're not feeling supported, you're feeling stuck in where you are in your life and you're almost resisting you know, your forward movement and, and the next step in your life, truly, physically, the next step. Yes. You know, like it's just so baffling to me. And I think we almost, um, we try to complicate things more as humans for mm-hmm. some reason. Mm-hmm. I think it should be like so much tougher than it is, mm-hmm. but really it's like it's so simple so to simple. think about if you just break it down and take the time, I'm not feeling supported, my back's going out. Right. Ask for more help. Right. Do these energetic sessions, you know, do all these things to really help yourself a- in a number of ways, you know? Yes, Which absolutely. is just unbelievable. Um, so I, you know, when I first started going to fertility and when I actually came here, I think this was my very first fertility acupuncture session when I came here maybe a year ago. Um, but how, I mean, I know there's blockages, but what if there's a blockage that people don't know about when they want to, you know, for infertility or they have really heavy menstrual cycles for women, like how does that, um, help and support and how can acupuncture do that for people if they don't realize that there's a blockage? Do your, do your practitioners pick up on that or how do they know? So we'll do a tongue and pulse, and that really gives us an idea of where the blockages are occurring in the body. But with every new patient, we do something called an acugraph, and it's a digital meridian imaging scan that's essentially a body scan to translate Eastern medicine to Western understanding. So it puts it into a pie graph, and you can see the energy in your body. And depending on the color, you can see if it's high, if it's low, if it's imbalanced from left to right. Or if you're absolutely perfect and that one is functioning really, really well. 
oftentimes in every body there are things that need to be rebalanced and so with fertility in particular hormones play a big role if you're having really heavy periods there's little things you have to look at there's herbs that can help put that back into balance I think there's different meridians that play a role in fertility we look a lot at the liver and the spleen and the kidney meridians as a function of how all of these things are working together to form this beautiful picture and when one is out of balance it's a cycle that starts to affect the others and so by almost backstepping and putting everything back into place then you can kind of create this harmony that at some point went out of balance and whether that's because someone was um, under a lot of stress or maybe they had some trauma in their past or there could potentially have been a long history of birth control pill and their pituitary gland just stopped really communicating with the ovaries it is so important to reestablish the communication between these different organs and these different systems of the body so that the body knows how to do it again because sometimes it just forgets mm. and it's like all of us we just need a little help and support sometimes mm. i love that that's so amazing so i always like to ask people if there was ever a shift you seem very in your element this feels like home to you and i'm sure internally it feels like home to you too but i want to ask you was there ever a shift in your life that kind of brought you to where you were today i talk about this a decent amount on this show what was that pivotal moment for you um you know i found sort of in every story in every movie or book spiritual manifesto there seems to be a pivotal life-altering moment, something that is big or traumatic that happens to somebody or a health issue that comes about um, that really forces them into a new way of life or a new career or what have you. So what, what would you say was your shift and how did that lead you to where you are today? I called off a wedding when I was 26 and I blew up my life and I had left a really well-paying corporate job at Pfizer Pharmaceuticals to pursue my passion. And for me, I had been working at Pfizer Pharmaceuticals and I was turning gray because of the stress and I remember my regional manager asking me if I was okay and I was just thinking like, is this it? Like, is this what my life is going to be? I am really trying to fit into this mold because it's what my parents really want for me and I'm dating the guy that's perfect on paper and I just felt so unfulfilled and really unhappy and so I decided you know what, I'm not going through with this. I could see myself walking up the aisle, but I couldn't see myself walking back down. And I, we started therapy and I just decided, you know, I can't do this. And I think he and I were on the same page. He felt the same way. We called off our wedding and it became this beautiful tabula rasa where I had an opportunity to listen to the one message in my head and the one message was acupuncture and so I started listening to Wayne Dyer all the time and I was Love listening him. to <laughs> Esther Hicks yes. and all of these really beautiful gurus and they, it felt like my every time I'd get in the car it's like a new CD in the CD player it was like my therapy <laughs> and I did a tremendous amount of personal work until I just said you know what I've got one life I'm gonna try it for a quarter fell in love and I never looked back wow and I tried probably four or five different careers at that point and really just wanted to make sure that what I was doing on a daily basis was so fulfilling and I was so passionate about it, I got up and was excited to go to work every single day. And I think that's so important for people. Like if you really truly want to be happy, look at how you spend the majority of your time and yeah. are you doing it for your purpose? Totally. And to help others and be of service to others. I mean, really giving back. And I, you know, I've gone through similar transitions too, really sitting with and thinking, I, you know, I was very involved in the fashion industry for a really, really long time. 
and it took a lot to step out of it yeah. and it, it is it's it's the jump off the diving board but it's the trust in yourself and having the confidence in yourself and the confidence in the universe that you have this support system backing you up if you lean into it and if you listen to the messages and whatnot but but I think it is really important and and so special that you chose to do that was it scary were you nervous at first or what like how did you go about that you just wanted to try new oh, things I was terrified yeah. my parents thought I was crazy right. they like cut me off yeah <laughs> like how am I gonna support myself yeah. yeah um I I felt awful there was so much guilt associated with me because I think they'd paid a small fortune for my wedding and everybody went to Maui but us and I'm so it was that close to the wedding six weeks oh my goodness six weeks wow yes but it really was a beautiful blessing because we weren't meant for each other. Yeah. I had a plan with another man. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so interesting. And that you trusted your intuition I and did. allowed yourself to do that, which I think is really important. You trusted yourself with, with the wedding and with the new career shift. I honestly can't say that I trusted myself 100% at that age yet. Mm-hmm. I would get sick. I would get really, really sick and it would always hit my digestion. And that was a huge clue for me because, again, that happened when I left Pfizer. It happened when I called off my wedding. So I needed – or before I called off my wedding. So I just started listening. Like, okay, if I'm getting sick again, then this is a huge message. Totally. And I was raised Catholic. It wasn't necessarily like I was speaking universal truth at that point. Right, You know, I knew God. I knew angels. But – Wayne Dyer was a huge awakening for me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's so inspirational. And I think finding your gurus, I think sometimes we feel like we have to know our gurus. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, same, Esther Hicks, I have Wayne Dyer, I have Eckhart Tolle, like all these people, they're my, like, go-to people and they don't know who I am you know Deepak like they're my homies and they don't they don't even know that I exist but they have helped me through such transitional transformative moments in my life in my career in my personal life and I think it is I mean you were listening to the signs of your body I wanted to ask you about that too and I'm glad you just brought it up you said you were kind of turning gray from the stress so your body communicates to you in physical ailments sometimes too yes Yes, that was a huge thing for me until I really started listening. And only when I started listening to the physical ailments subside. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I have, um, you know, a handful of friends, myself included, late 20s, early 30s, who have struggled and suffered with such severe gut issues where I'm like, this is a, this is like a pandemic. I mean, before the pandemic, you know, but like, it really is a huge, huge issue. And I think so much of it has to do with stress. I mean, the gut issues for me were a huge part of my awakening in, you know, coordination with like vertigo and some other weird things, but it was like the universe was shaking me with these physical ailments until I decided to say, okay, I'm listening. Mm -hmm. I'm really listening. Yeah, it really is. It's shaking you to wake up. Mm -hmm. Do you still feel like you ever get, um, I don't know, like out of alignment or physical ailments these days or not as much? I have found that as I have become more energetically in tune, I am less and less able to handle wine and anything that really kind of affects my vibration. Mm -hmm. It it, it hits me a lot harder than I think that it does normal people, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is both a beautiful blessing and a really, really shitty one, too. No, totally. I almost feel like I've gotten allergic to wine uh-huh. and to alcohol like in the last few years, and it really has been, and I don't know that I connected the two necessarily, but throughout my like very, very extreme spiritual awakening, which yeah. is interesting. I mean, I get face rashes from wine. Like, yes. it's crazy. I have me to be too. like very specific. And there are times when I'm like, come on, like just want to go to book club and have a glass of yes. wine with my girlfriends, yes. you know, and I just, I just have to be okay with like, I know that I'm a sensitive person and it is, mm-hmm. I'm emotionally empathic and sensitive. I'm physically sensitive. I'm sensitive to the foods that I eat. I mean, I really had to shift my entire 
diet, gluten-free, dairy-free, most of the time alcohol-free, you know, all of that as well. And who prepares your food, right? Because yeah. the energy that goes into the food and if there's love that goes into it, you find yourself eating out less and less too. Oh, 100%. So not that we want to limit ourselves. We just have to dig a little deeper and search a little harder for the yeah. little things. I found some wonderful red wine out of Paso Robles that mm. I'll have to introduce you to. Please but do. We'll put it in the episode yeah. notes. <laughs> it's, it's a little better than most. Okay, good. Yeah. Very good. And then I also um, was turned on to Dry Farm Wines. Uh-huh. up in Napa yes. and they're like all organic and tannin free and sugar free and gluten free I mean it's like free of all of these things I don't even know how it's still wine at that point but like it's pretty amazing just because there are times when you want to lightly indulge and you know absolutely and enjoy I mm-hmm. find that the European wines I do much better with and I like the um, Rhone Valley because that's the grapes that they've imported to Paso Robles and so even with the organic sulfite free all of that stuff I mm-hmm. still react mm. but for whatever reason these old vines are the best ones for wow. me so I'll, I'll, I'll show you just, yeah. just to give you guys for anybody who struggles with any of that stuff mm-hmm. Paso Robles is a great region to look into mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. amazing I mean you've already shared some of the things that you're doing but I I love that you've created this Mecca here in Orange County and beautifully decorated, I might add. It's gorgeous. Um, But you've really done this in an effort to help heal the community, it seems like, and how you said really bring some of what was in in L.A. in a bigger city here down to Orange County, which is so special. Um, I follow you on Instagram. I know that you have an an amazing resource and like insight and knowledge to share. I love watching the videos that you share. Is there anything I typically do um, a a section here on the show called method to manifesting. It's Mm -hmm. where I try to give tips and tools and techniques to the listeners. So there's something that they can apply today right now. Do you have anything that you can share um, as far as mindfulness or anything that you've found to be really helpful this year, especially? This year especially, I have found that the more creative you are, the more you are in the manifestation energetic flow. And even if that means that you take five minutes to draw a picture or color with some crayons, it is the exact energy that you want to utilize to be able to manifest the life that you want. So being more creative, taking the time to do the things that maybe you kind of forgot to do after childhood and really delving back into that energetic flow is exactly what's going to get you what you want. Mm, the child gifts, that's mm-hmm. awesome. And we kind of, as as adults and humans, like it's important to play, to truly play. It's so important. And be light. And, you know, for, for people who don't have kids, it's, it's sometimes even harder, mm-hmm. right? I yes. mean, I feel like for Dylan and I, we talk about it very actively and say, okay, we really want to make sure that we're going to be very playful and lighter. We're going to a park or we're going to do something that we would do even though we don't have the kid to play with, you know? Yes, I find that I actually time block and I'll have times in my schedule where even if it's just five minutes, I'm like, I'm going to make jewelry here or I'm going to go paint here. And I make that time so that I can get in the creative flow because oftentimes I'll get downloads about what's coming next, but it almost feels like it's kind of stuck here and I can't quite get it through until I take the time to slow down and really get into that energetic flow and then it will embody. Mm. Then I'll get the little messages. Mm. Amazing. Um, I know you also shared recently in something that I'm so fascinated with, it's gua sha. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Am I saying it right? Can you talk a little bit about what that is? Gua sha is an ancient technique used to essentially scrape the surface of the skin. And so if you have a lot of neck and shoulder tension that accumulates in the top of the shoulder, you can start at the base of the skull, which is really your occipital region, and you kind of move the tool back and forth. I'm going to turn my head so you guys can kind of see here on the video. But if you put oil all over your neck and you use the squasha tool to essentially run down the muscles, 
almost out towards your, the tip of your acromion process or your shoulder, you can clear out the toxins that are held within that muscle layer. And then that really helps the body vent the lactic acid, the muscle knots, the things that start to accumulate with stress. And even just sitting at your computer on a daily basis now that we're all working from home in a less than functional ergonomic setup. Totally. Amazing. So Angela, I also wanted to ask you about meditation. I know a lot of people meditate and it's really helpful. I know a lot of people don't meditate because they're wildly intimidated by it. Mm -hmm. I've found several different forms help me to get into that meditative state and it doesn't always look and feel the same. How do you meditate? How do you find a, find find your center? I love that you asked this question. Um, I too have had some different reiterations of it. When I first started meditating, I would go to a meditation class through acupuncture school and the collective group energy would elevate us pretty quickly and I would hit this place in collective consciousness where I would see these graphic images of horrible, horrible scenarios and it scared me so bad I would pull myself out really quickly and I remember I didn't really like that meditation class after that for a while and I had to stick with it because I needed the grade but I also realized that meditation doesn't have to be stoic it doesn't have to be you sitting in a very serious pose in fact I had one boyfriend who for my birthday bought me a meditation pillow and I thought it was the worst gift ever because <laughs> he was really forcing his agenda <laughs> And I really don't like to meditate sitting up. I feel like for me, I love the moments before I fall asleep at night or when I'm first waking up in the morning that I feel like the veil is really thin for me and I get a beautiful message that really helps me understand what it is that I'm supposed to be working on or anything that I'm struggling through. Um, I think a lot can come through in dream state. Mm -hmm. I think that when we're really paying attention to our dreams, that's a form of meditation. I think there's so many ways that we can do this that it's fun, but it's so important that we connect with source energy because we are all source, God, whatever you want to call it. And the more we can connect to that divine within, which is why this podcast is so beautifully named, I think mindful divination is really where it's where it's at you know that's what's it's like hallelujah mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think for I went through the same thing when we lived in LA uh, Dylan and I would meditate every Sunday at a studio and loved it I was always so uncomfortable sitting up mm -hmm. and then I felt like I was doing it wrong if I didn't yeah. want to sit up it, it made my back feel weird I didn't like it I also believe that the veil is really thin and then when I do past life regression sessions with clients we are working in that exact state that you're talking about right before you fall asleep and right before you wake up so that's a state that I personally also feel very very comfortable in um, and I think it's you know there's how you said there's so many different forms of meditation you can be um, you know gardening outside you can be playing you can be free writing I mean I sometimes meditate and it's not always about clearing the mind completely because I actually sometimes get some of my best ideas when I'm meditating yes. and if I had said that I know I don't want any of those thoughts or I, I wouldn't get any of those downloads I wouldn't right. get any of those ideas so I think that there's a time and place for different forms of meditation depending on what you need and what you're going through too I you know? completely agree and we think about how many messages we get just being in the shower Oh Don't my you gosh, feel like that's totally. a major place for downloads too? Because yeah. the water just helps kind of clear everything away. Yeah. And it's a beautiful way to keep the energetic body flowing. Mm -hmm. Water is such a great resource for that. Absolutely. And I love that you said that, that it really can be flexible. I think that actually is a big piece of why I started Magnolia. Because I wanted people to feel normal. Yeah. There is no one right way. There is no one perfect way for any body. And I think a lot of people forget that and they, they're hard on themselves. 
mean to themselves sometimes too. Yeah, really tough, really, really tough. So yeah, I think be gentle with yourself, be gentle with the process and and know that how you said, you can have different iterations of things as you go and as you grow through life. It doesn't mean that you meditate in the same way now as you would 20 years from now or when you have kids or, you know, when your kids are teenagers. I think that it all, it's just being gentle with yourself and being okay with knowing that things are going to change, you know? I love that. Um, Well, thank you for sharing your tips and insight. It's always so helpful. Um, I want to play a little game. This is one of my favorite segments of the show. It's called Mindful Musings. We really will get inside of your mind through a series of thought-provoking questions, rapid-fire fun. If you feel compelled to go quick, you can go quick. If you feel like something warrants a longer explanation, don't feel rushed. It's totally fine. Okay. Um, So we will get right in. The first question, Angela, what have you learned about yourself in 2020? To slow down. How has COVID helped you reset? I think it's helped me realize that the more I actually honor my process and my strengths, the more I can trust in what's to come because it's beautiful and I can get out of my own way. If you feel yourself losing sight of the now, how do you reconnect to being present and mindful? Mm, Nature. That's always my go-to. It always grounds me really, really quickly. She's the best, isn't she? Mm -hmm. (laughs) How do you personally lead through altruism with a servant's heart regularly in everyday life? Mm -hmm. I mean, I know you have a studio to kind of do that, but how do you feel like you're personally doing that? This question makes me want to cry. I feel like a choked up sensation where I just am so called to do it. There was no other way for me. I would have been sick. Mm. I would have been sick. And so it's this deep fulfillment that I get out of my treatments too. Hearing people's stories, being able to connect with them. I think it fulfills this deep void of loneliness that I had from past lives Mm -hmm. and from childhood. And it's just, for me, there was no other way. So cool. So beautiful. Well, I have, we'll have to do a session together too, because I know I really want to do your past life regression session too, but it's amazing that you've been able to heal that and help that by helping others too, even so far in your life. Um, what is self-love? Hmm. Self-love. No judgment. What does being egoless look like? That is such a beautiful question. I could go in so many directions, but I, I think I would say surrender to receiving. The more I receive, I think the more I feel like I need to prove anything. What time period do you connect with most? (laughs) When COVID hit, I was really drawn to this TV show called Outlander. And it's about this woman who travels back in time. And she is a physician in one lifetime and like a midwife slash herbalist slash doctor and another. And I was obsessed with it. And then I started having clients come in and they were talking to me about Stonehenge and Glastonbury and then my husband mentions Glastonbury and then I see images on TV of Stonehenge and it was like this day after day after day and I was asking do I need to travel back to this and then what started coming through with this is that that is an area directly above an ancient civilization called Avalon and one of my past lives I was a priestess named Brigitte in Avalon. And so that has started to unfold throughout mm. quarantine. Oh my gosh. And I've been given these really beautiful gifts about the this lifetime, among many, um, where I was a healer and I helped other people. And it was 
an opening to realize that I can utilize the wisdom that I learned in those lifetimes and the strengths and the things that I've already essentially witnessed. And as we know, time is really not linear. And the more I can really trust in that process that everything is happening concurrently, the more I can tap into these different dimensions simultaneously. And into this, the strength and the different healer that you have been in so many different lives. And I have found that even with clients, we do end up repeating that in some way, shape or form. It's almost like a remembrance, you know, like an intuitive remembrance of how to do something and why you're doing it. Do you find that when you work with clients that there's a contract and most of those contracts throughout lifetimes stay within the same sort of industry, so to speak? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes it's the same industry and sometimes it's the exact opposite to understand. I think as humans, um, we want to we want to learn how it is on both sides. So mm-hmm. we will be the doctor and then we will be the one who the doctor is healing. We'll be um, mentally disabled and cared for our entire life. And then in another life, you come back as the caregiver, caring for a large family caring for a sick an elderly person so it's almost like these contracts we sign up for them to learn all of the different sides and then it's almost like if we've been really good at something like I've been um, like ancient healers in Africa I've been um, this ancient monk in Southeast Asia who was also very devoted and dedicated to like healing and being of service so I found that I have it in similar little like industries I guess as well I also have noted that um, we have contracts with family members mm-hmm. and with friends a lot too. So you'll Soul start circles. to kind of, yeah, you'll start to like travel with your tribe yeah. um, and you'll play different roles. So sometimes, you know, your mother could feel for some reason, you know, you your mother feels like your daughter, even though you know it's your mother. So there are some of those inklings that we get and we dismiss them. Um, but take note of that. I had a friend who I mothered so much and oh. I had no idea why and, and realized that I had been her mother in a past life. That's so fascinating that you say that with my husband. I felt like I was home with him, Mm -hmm. and I knew after two weeks. And so it was one of those things that I was fascinated by. I started to do some work on it, and we've had 28 lifetimes together. Oh, my goodness. Uh Always um, husband and wife? No. No, 20 of them have been husband and wife. Wow. Yeah. That's great. When I did my first past life regression session, um, I was with Dylan and so many of them, but we were, one, I was the grandfather and he was the grandson. Mm. Another one, we were two men, male um, best friends in the tundra and were like elk hunting and, and had like a very, very beautiful sort of like tribal ceremony life. I mean, there were so many different things, but we hadn't, so far, I haven't seen any others where we've been husband and wife, which I like that Uh you can be partners with somebody and not always um, romantic partners too, which almost I'm sure strengthens your bond with your husband. And thank God you called off that first wedding. Thank God. 28 lives. Yeah. That that was like your ancient self saying, come on, honey. Um, next question is what advice would you give your 10 year old self? Um, that you are never alone. My aunt was murdered when I was 13 and that was a really challenging time period in my life. And I think had I known back then that I could connect to source and that that was always with me and that I had divine angels that I could always ask for help and protection, I would have felt very, very well loved throughout a really difficult time in my Mm. life. I'm so sorry that you had to endure that. It's so hard at such a young age. How do you feel like you said you wish you kind of knew that when you were younger? I mean, how do you feel like with your daughters like how do you instill some of these spiritual practices and tools to fill their toolbox at a younger age that we didn't really have the benefit of when we were growing up I asked them to talk a lot about what they'd like to manifest in their life and almost like a prayer they can have gratitude first and foremost for what they already have and then to ask for what else they want because 
I think it's really important that we're aware we have the ability to communicate with the other side. We can ask for what we want. I mean, even if you astral travel at night and you're like, please, I need sleep. Can you please let me be? You have the ability to ask. I need rest, please. I'm asking to come back tomorrow. And they'll listen. They'll listen. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give your 80-year-old self today? Play more. Yeah, yeah. Have really? fun and play more. Yes, I tend to be a workaholic, and I love my work because I'm so passionate about it. But I do think that um, for me, I struggle to find the balance to actually carve out the time, which is why I, I time block it. Because if I don't really get creative, then I start taking care of other people. So I take care of people at work, and then I go home and I take care of the kids, and I let them kind of run the agenda. Mm. For me, I really need to be able to say, no, let's get creative. We're going to dance, or we're going to be silly, or I started making jewelry again fun yeah so so fun so you put these on your calendar like in your mm-hmm. phone you put in you say you block out x time to x time do you decide what the what the activity is beforehand or do you just kind of free will and figure out what you're in the mood for in that moment both um this morning i set my alarm to wake up at 6 a.m to make jewelry because that was kind of my quiet time with a cup of coffee and um sometimes i'll just hop in the playroom and sit down at a chair and we'll pull out watercolors and who knows what's going to come out of it right right yeah especially with my four-year-old <laughs> totally uh masterpieces yeah obviously. i was gonna say jackson pollock style uh, yeah, where we splatter obviously. paint the walls hello young matisse um what legacy would you want to leave behind I don't know yet. That is a really good question. I'm still figuring that out. What do you think the meaning of life is? The relentless pursuit of joy. Beautiful. What is the soul? Huh. It's this magnificent, limitless possibility for adventure. Fill in the blank. I want to thank who? My family. They've been sharing me a lot lately. Life is a grand adventure. The world needs nothing. My higher self would say that the world is perfect. The version of me who is doing the higher self impression would say the world needs more listeners. Mm. The person I most want to be proud of me is... Me. What do you believe is the purpose of your life? Hmm. My purpose right now is to get really, really comfortable with communication so that I can help bridge the gap between the universal humanity that our world is going through right now and so I get to help people with their anxiety and their understanding and to have compassion for one another even if they don't have the same political views because I think there's so much community that is happening right now and our news media focuses on the divisiveness and it's almost kind of like the positive stories that I get to focus on and bring people together so The oneness of humanity is making way for the oneness of the universal energy that's coming. What is the secret to a happy life? The relentless pursuit of joy. (laughs) What does it mean to be mindful? Mm. There's so many things that go with that one, but I'd say the surrender 
you're already perfect, that you don't need to do anything or be anything because you already have it all. It's all already within you. It's all there. I just got like teary eyed. <laughs> it's true, it is. Yeah. We have everything within us. Mm -hmm. We have that light, truly that divine light within us. Yeah. I, I just so beautiful. Angela, thank you for playing along. Oh thank gosh. you for sharing your tips and your insight. Um, where can we find you? How can we follow you? How can we find out about all of your latest offerings? I know, um, Magnolia, you just launched a shop yesterday. Yes. Which is so exciting. Tell just... us a little bit more. So we just launched our holiday boutique and it's a fun little spot for like-minded gifts and you can find us online at magnoliawellnessoc.com or on Instagram at magnoliawellnessoc. Amazing. I mean, I like love following your stories. You're, you share so much insightful knowledge, especially even since COVID. I feel like the reels have been amazing. I love the videos. I love the stories. So definitely follow along. Again, Feel free to book a session here. You can We can book through your website, right? You can book through the website. It will take you to the MindBody app. Awesome. And then all of the different healers and practitioners that you have here at the studio, we can read through different bios. We can understand who they are and then what their offerings are depending on what we need, right? Yes. Magnolia Amazing. operates as a co-op, and so there's a lot of different practitioners okay. here. Okay. Amazing. And then how, I mean, so you're officially back open completely with COVID. What, like, how, how is there anything that we should be mindful of as we book masks only temperature, like anything like that? So we've been open since April okay. as an essential business, and we've been following a lot of the protocols and the CDC recommendations. So we just ask people to wear masks, to be mindful of others, even if that's not their choice. I think it's more about mutual respect and to make sure that if you are sick or you have any concerns, obviously you know the protocol. Yeah, don't come. Yeah. You're sick. <laughs> totally. Mm -hmm. Well, with that, we conclude another episode of Mindful Divine. For more information, you can check out my website, mindfuldivine.com, where you'll also find insight on therapy sessions, workshops, courses, events, and so much more. You can also subscribe to my YouTube channel, Mindful Divine, where you'll receive exclusive behind the scenes content on the show, a live video of today's episode, and be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this episode in the podcast app, the iTunes store, or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, stay mindful and divine. Bye.